What we're doing is trying to bring this conversation back to the kitchen table, to individual families, to help them put these pieces together, right? Because who cares what the puzzle pieces look like if you don't know what the picture is, right? It's all, it's all just pointless information. So, so I, I like to say that we're kind of old school and new school, right? The old school is we're trying to bring back that kitchen table conversation one-on-one -on -one with people and bring it to the people that need it and want it or are desperate for it and just don't know where to go get it. Podcasting from Wealthwave Studios in Johns Creek, Georgia, this is Leadership Now, the official vision and strategy podcast of Wealthwave. All right, I'm, I'm humbled to uh, be before you all today just with the speakers that you've already heard from and what an amazing message. I'm, I'm going to share with you just a little bit about my uh, experience here. And as Andy mentioned, I'm, I'm a CPA. I, I no longer practice where we used to practice. My, my, wife, my wife's a CPA as well. And we, and we're in a small town in Western Colorado, about 5,000 people. Um, and, uh, and I actually started out with Chris Felton and Brian Lewiso and Trevor Jensen, who you hear, hear from here later, uh, at Arthur Anderson. So I worked in the very large firm environment. I worked for a small regional firm. Um, I worked for a very small local firm. Uh, and my wife and I determined all of it stunk. And so we said, hey, the ticket here is to have our own firm, right? And that stunk even more. Um, and it was, and it, was, it was a good way to make a living. Uh, but I, I remember um, around the time that I ran into Chris Felton, around the time I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, I, I heard my wife's boss say, you know, you'll never get rich as a CPA because there's only so many hours in, in a day, right? And there's only so many hours in a tax season. There's only so many hours in, in a year, right? And so you'll never get rich trading dollars for hours. And that caught me because when when I first um, when I first moved to a small town, one we just kind of were rolling the dice. So, you know, the, the rat race will be there to go back to if we ever need to go back to. Uh, and that was a big gamble for us as two CPAs were pretty linear, linear thinkers. Um, but uh, but when I heard you'll never get rich as a CPA. Okay, I was like, well, gosh, I need to be rethinking this, right? And I don't think it's coincidence that we connected uh, on on this uh, this opportunity at that time. But um, but the uh, I also swore I'd I'd never be self-employed. I'd never own my own business because my impression after working for various employers was that if I, if you ever work for yourself, you never have vacation, right? You're never off the clock. You never can get away, right? And so I was. I was dead set against it, and then you can imagine, you know, I run into Chris, and um, this kind of rocked my world about this thought. But, um, but working for a, a small practice and then building my own small practice, uh, you know, the, I, I was talking with the executive director of the Colorado Society of CPAs. This is about 15 years ago, and back then, and still today, the the, the societies in the states, uh, the societies, the CPAs in the states and in, in internet and nationally here have been really trumpeting this, uh, this vision of financial literacy for, for the people. And that CPAs are really have a responsibility to talk about and teach financial literacy. And you know, it was, you know, 15 years ago, I said, Mary, I said, I gotta tell you, I'm talking to CPAs about this and they just don't, they don't have the bandwidth, they don't have the interest in it, they're just not, they're not getting on board with this message. I totally get that it's important, um, and I'm with you on it, but but it's you know it's, they're just not feeling the love with these other CPAs, right? And there's a whole bunch of reasons we won't get into. There was a podcast recorded this morning you can listen to um, or, or watch on that on Wealthwave TV. But uh, but she said, you know what, Boyd? Inside of your career, the tax preparation industry will die. You, you, your that position will become obsolete. She said, do not give up on what you're trying to do, which is to go 
trumpet this, this message of financial literacy and teach people about money. And Because I was interested in this, and I, I was looking when Chris, Chris and I bumped into each other. But she said, do not give up on it. Inside of your career, this whole, this whole tax preparation industry will be obsolete. And exactly what you're doing is exactly what that what it'll look like. So just keep the faith and keep pressing on. So I, you know, those words, that was a life-changing moment as, as uh, one of our speakers talked about this morning before. And so I, I, I've anchored that. And, and there's a lot of problems with our industry. You've probably heard a little bit about that this morning, right? And Steve, I, I love Steve's talk talking about um, this, but our industry problems um, are not unique in financial services. I mean, whether you're in any profession, tax, law, insurance, um, education. I mean, there's the availability of information today is making obsolete lots of different information type businesses and professions, right? All the information you need to do anything is out there on Google. You agree, right? You can go rebuild your engine. You can change your oil. I still don't know how to do that, okay? I never will. I have no interest in it. You can, I mean, think of the different, with, with tax preparers, you can go get your taxes for free, I'm, I think, in a few different places. I mean, Turbo, TurboTax, if not free, is practically free. You've got, you know, if you're in law, LegalZoom, right? You can go do your own money, right? You can go to WebMD and almost practice your own medicine. But the point is, <laughs> okay, point is all the information is out there to become an expert and do everything yourself, right? But at the end of the day, what we do is we come alongside people and help them make sense of the information, Right? Because Google can tell you everything, but it can't tell you how to put everything together. And that's what's missing out there in, in, this, in this world right now. And so when you look at any profession that's, that's built around a core service of law or tax or insurance, I mean, you can go anywhere and get that done, right? But what we're doing is trying to bring this conversation back to the kitchen table, to individual families, to help them put these pieces together, right? Because who cares what the puzzle pieces look like if you don't know what the picture is? Right? It's all it's all just pointless information. So so I, I like to say that we're kind of old school and new school, right? The old school is we're trying to bring back that kitchen table conversation one-on-one -on -one with people and bring it to the people that need it and want it or are desperate for it and just don't know where to go get it. Right? And that happens in one-on-one -on -one conversation. We're new school because all these tools that you've learned about this morning, the wealth, all the wealth wave. Uh, the, the network, the system, the, the, the marketing tools we've got here is all, I mean, and I think we've, we're, we're blending those things, but the whole point, you know, with this is to connect people that have resources, which is this WealthWave team, with people that are looking for those resources. And, and this is not new, right? That new school is all over the place. Look at, we've already talked about what Uber has done to the taxi cab industry, right? Connecting people with resources to people that have those needs, Right? And making, making industries obsolete, Airbnb, I mean, there's, there's all these examples, right? And so, um, and, and, so and, and the only other point I have on that is your Google, Googleization of everything, where all this information is available. I think of health and fitness, right? Everything that needs to be known about health and fitness is available. We all know what's good for us to eat, good for us to do, right? But that industry thrives off of people that are, will step out and, and step alongside of people and help them navigate that maze of information. Financial industry is no different, right? What we do for people is no different. So, so my big thing is how, um, you know, so liter literacy is the glue that brings that picture together, right? And that's that stepping alongside and bring literacy, helping people walk through that. That's where literacy is created and success is created. But I'm looking at like, what's the solution 
right now in the industry. And I, and I could talk about the commoditization of all these different things I just did, but, um, but I really think, how is it going to get fixed? And I personally believe, and this is my personal belief, is one, it's an entrepreneurial solution. Because you can go get a job in any of these different types of industries, right, and work to your heart's content and probably making a decent living, you know, as J.D. Phillips talked about this morning, make a decent income. But I wanted something that I could build and I could own that I was gonna benefit from the fruits of my labor. Okay, and so I wanted the entrepreneurial opportunity. So if you're in here looking at this, I'm just saying, if that's what you want, then this is what you should be looking at. And that's what I wanted at the time. I didn't wanna work for somebody. And that was one of the great blessings of living in a town of 5,000 people. There's not many people to work for, <laughs> right? And I saw that the people that got to stay and live in this beautiful place I call home were the people that own stuff. So I'm like, I wanna own it. The second piece of this is the, the freedom to work with whoever I want. You know, Chris said there's no quotas. We don't dictate what you can sell, who you can sell to. I'm like, it's a good thing because we're all trying to scrape by to live in this amazing place in a pretty, pretty weak economy, right? I, I need to be able to help people that can come in and spend 25, 50, 100 bucks a month and that's it. And so, you know, and, and I, I think about, um, you know, my wife is not here, but if, you know, the, those of you that know her would rather see her up here than me. Um, but when we were in college, you know, she, she had this 1968, I kid you not, Subaru wagon that I towed it more than I ever drove in it. And uh, she hitchhiked in one, in one day from 20 miles out of town. She was on her way back into, into uh, town and her car broke down for the, for the last time. And uh, she hitchhiked in and she's like, I, I, we got to go get my car. And I'm like, oh, where is it? It's back at the bottom of the pass. And so we go pull her car in. Take it. To, I'm like, well, I got this guy that changes my oil. Let's have him. Uh, let's have him take a look at it. And so he took it apart, and uh, he calls her up the next day. And he says, "All right, I got it. I got it put back. You know, I got everything apart. The parts, 200 bucks. With labor, it'd be about 600 bucks." And she just like broke down, right? And my wife is amazing. She's the only person to this day I know that actually had not a penny of help to go to college and got out without debt. I mean, she is a workhorse, and she can stretch a penny further than anyone on the planet. But, um, but it, that was the card she was dealt, right? She, was, she knew that going in. She was told there's not money for college, okay? And she's like, fine, I'll figure it out, right? So when the $600 bill on a 1968 Subaru car comes in, she just lost it right there, right? And uh, she said, I'm sorry, you can have the car. I can't, I can't even pay you. I can't pay for it. You've got it. Um, sorry for bothering you, right? And she just, it was, it was done. She said, actually, and then she called back. She said, can I trailer it back to Denver and give it back to the guy that gave it to me? And, and uh, anyway, long story short, he, um, he calls the next day and says, okay, my guys put it together. $189 for that piece. If you can find the money for that, you can have the car. And I only share that with you because that dude is working on my seventh car over the last 25 years because he spent the time when we had nothing. He spent the night, and he could not have known that that was a 25-year client. He could not have known. We're talking a 20-year-old college girl, right, that's going to graduate and move away and leave. He had no skin in this game whatsoever, right? And I, that's a relationship that is, to this day, I think been good for him. I don't know. He fixes my cars all the time and I don't change my oil. So he, you know, 
But that's what I love about what we do here in this company, right? I think Steve was talking this morning about, you know, the leaders here invest in people with no, they have no skin in that game, right? They have no, um, they're not getting anything for that. They're putting everything into the front end of that relationship, right? I get people asking, how can you sit down with somebody you know that doesn't have money to help them build a plan? I'm like, well, that's how I started. I was there. Y'all were there at some point, right? We do that. And that's number two. I wanted to own it, but I wanted to be able to work with and help with whoever needed it, whoever wanted it, whoever's willing to sit down with me, take my counsel, and get to work and link arms with doing it. So that's what I love about this company. That's what I love about my mechanic too. Thanks for listening to Leadership Now, the official podcast of Wealthwave. If you like our show and you want to know more, check out wealthwave.com forward slash podcast. Or you can leave us a review on iTunes. Join us each week as we talk about the topics you'll need to help you grow as an entrepreneur and succeed in the financial business with Wealthwave.